<clears throat> well, today is Family Sunday, as I said earlier, and um, for those of you who are just joining us today, we are at the close of our study on the book of Jonah, and I've called it There's No Place That Far. Um, so go ahead, turn in your Bibles to Jonah chapter 4, um, and uh, I want to explain to you also, uh, because of it being Family Sunday, there are a couple of elements that, that I want to share with you today, because I really want our whole church family, from the youngest to the oldest, to really understand um, that this series on Jonah, it wasn't intended to point out all of Jonah's mistakes in life and how he messed up from start to finish. Uh, yeah, that's something that we look at those aspects. But the bigger picture here is that God never gave up on Jonah. And, and God won't give up on us. Okay? And, and, and God still used Jonah to do great things regardless of, of the mistakes that Jonah made, regardless of, of what he did for himself and, and of himself. Now, here's the thing. Jonah had issues. There's no doubt. We've, we've spent the last few weeks kind of talking about some of those. He had problems. He was misunderstood in some areas. I think some of Jonah's main problem may have looked something like this. Hey, man, you said something that really bothered me the other day. I just want to talk to you about it. What's that? You said that Lillian's not going to be in heaven with you? Is that because she's black? <laughs> she's, she's black? I, I didn't even notice. Well, why did you say that? Uh, she's an Auburn fan. I can't stand <laughs> Auburn fans. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Have you seen them orange and blue? It's just gross, man. You're kidding, right? No, like, I can't stand Auburn fans. But, okay, you remember that, that Bible verse that says God is not a respecter of persons? Yeah, I've heard something like that once or twice. Well, that also applies to Auburn fans. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. So, I have to, I have to love Lillian even though she's a, an Auburn fan? Uh-huh. Can't have any problems with her. That is your part. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I have a problem with that. I can't stand people who have problems that I don't have. Like they don't know as much as I do, or they don't do as much as I do. People that eat Brussels sprouts, like what is that? What? Hold on a second. Just because somebody has a different interest or likes something else or struggles with something else doesn't mean that you have to have a problem with them. So that's the whole God's a, not a respect your person thing. Yeah. Means. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've heard that phrase before, but it just, like, never clicked. Yeah, well, glad I could kind of clear that up. Yeah. So, okay, what if, what if the person's, like, really bad? Like, they do a lot of bad stuff, and even if what they believe doesn't really line up with the Word of God... Well, you can still love them even if you don't love their actions or love what they, what they choose to do with their lives. Okay, so kind of let God sort it out. Yeah, let God sort it out. I can roll with that. Yeah. Okay, so th- I guess that means that like, I really do have to love her even though she's you know, an Auburn fan. Yes, you do. Uh, I mean, what else do I have to do? One good thing you can do is listen to Fat Rock's sermon today. He's going to talk about all the problems that Jonah had with his, with his prejudices and just all the stuff that he, all the issues that he was having, the problems he was having. So if you listen to Fat Rock's message, it'll help you get more insight on how to deal with your perceptions of others and the perceptions of the problems that you think that they have. 
Jeez. You know, there are some, you know, football games on. We could just go and watch those if you want to come with me. After his sermon. (sighs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Awesome. After the sermon. So turn those smartphones off. You don't need to check scores yet. (laughs) Obviously, Jonah was prejudiced. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for um, just your word, that, that we can find examples, that we can find encouragement, uh, that, that we can become renewed uh, through hearing it, through um, putting it as valuable in our lives. I pray that today, as, as we look at this last chapter of Jonah, and, and we see where he went and the things he did, that we'll see in our own lives a parallel that no matter where we go, we won't be so far away from you that you won't restore us, that you won't choose to love us. I thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. I thank you for the, the fact that we can apply it to our lives. And I just pray that we'll do that well. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35 says, and this Peter talking, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. That's good news for us. It's good news because our God wants restoration. He's not just out to punish us. He's not just out to make us suffer when we mess up. He created us in his image. And our God wants to see us restored when we stumble or when we fall or when we judge or when we fail. He wants to see us be a reflection of him, a successful reflection of him. Whether you're a runaway like Jonah or whether you struggle with addiction or anger, whether you're a Jew, a Gentile, a Ninevite, it doesn't matter. Our God is a God of second chances and a God of restoration, and he will pursue us. Keep these things in mind as we read Jonah chapter 4. I'm actually going to pick up in chapter 3 about the middle of verse 8, so you can backtrack just a few verses, because this is part of the decree that the king of Nineveh sent out. He says, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Awesome. Good job, Jonah. You saved the city of Nineveh. But look at chapter 4. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. How in the world can it displease Jonah exceedingly that God is going to spare this city? But then Jonah prays to the Lord. He says, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Jonah says, I knew this about you, so that's why I went the other way, Lord. I didn't want to see this happen for these people. Chapter Verse 3, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What? <laughs> and the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out to the city, out of the city, and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there, and he... he <laughs> And he sat under it 
in the shade till he could see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. See the pattern here? First he's exceedingly angry and displeased and now he's exceedingly glad. But the measure of what he's glad and angry about are what mess with my mind. But then dawn came up the next day. God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live again with the death. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die third time. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow. When it came into being at night and it perished in a night, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. You know, the book of Jonah, it reminds me of another book. It's a children's book. It's called The Runaway Bunny. It's written by Margaret Wise Brown, and we're going to share that with you now. And, and so just kind of think about Jonah and think about the story as we read The Runaway Bunny. Once there was a bunny who wanted to run away. So he said to his mother, I am running away. If you run away, said his mother, I will run after you, for you are my little bunny. If you run after me, said the little bunny, I will become a fish in a trout stream, and I will swim away from you. If you become a fish in a trout stream, said his mother, I will become a fisherman, and I will fish for you. If you become a fisherman, said the little bunny, I will become a rock on the mountain high above you. If you become a rock on the mountain high above me, said his mother, I will be a mountain climber, and I will climb to where you are. If you become a mountain climber, said the little bunny, I will be a crocus in a hidden garden. If you become a crocus in a hidden garden, said his mother, I will be a gardener and I will find you. And if you are a gardener and find me, said the little bunny, I will be a bird and fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, I will be a tree that you come home to, said his mother.
If you become a tree, said the little bunny, I will become a little sailboat and I will sail away from you. If you become a sailboat and sail away from me, I will become the wind and blow you where I want you to go, said his mother. If you become the wind and blow me, said the little buddy, I will join a circus and fly away on a flying trapeze. If you go flying on a flying trapeze, said his mother, I will be a tightrope walker and I will walk across the air to you. If you become a tightrope walker and walk across the air, said the little bunny, I will become a little boy and run into a house. If you become a little boy and run into a house, said the mother bunny, I will become your mother and catch you in my arms and hug you. All shucks, said the little bunny. I might as well just stay where I am and be your little bunny. And so he did. Aww. I think this story does a good job of illustrating not only how Jonah continued to run from God and seek another way, but when you look at this mama bunny, always had an answer. She always had an answer. She always had a way uh, to counter the little bunny's ideas of going his own way or doing his own thing. It reminds me of what God is willing to do in order that we can be restored. You see, Jonah, because of his prejudice, not liking the Ninevites, has just told God more than once that he is angry and he would be better off dead. Then to see the whole city of Nineveh restored, Jonah says he would rather be dead. Jonah, like the little bunny, cared more about himself and the things that he wanted to do than he did about the salvation of over 120,000 people plus their animals. Now, whatever Nineveh had, had become, it was bad enough that God was going to destroy the whole city and everything in it. But because he is a God of second chances, remember our verse from the skit, if every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him, that's Nineveh. That's, that's what happened here. Jonah preached the message, and they had a choice. And the whole city responded to the message with prayer and fasting and wrapped themselves in sackcloth. They even, they even made their animals fast. They wouldn't feed or, or allow their animals to drink water. They even wrapped up their animals in sackcloth as well. They were serious about their decision to change. And Scripture tells us that when that happens that God does what's acceptable to him, that he, he is right. Now, this must have taken a few days uh, because the Bible tells us that Jonah went up, up and he sets up camp on the east side of the city so he could see what would become of the city. And, and from his lookout spot, I think he's seeing that people are beginning to change. And, and he's not liking that. But let me just tell you, as a preacher, that's something I love to see. 
I love to see the word of God change someone's life. I love to see repentance and forgiveness and brokenness and salvation in action. But Jonah, he was a little different. He says to God in, in verse 2, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting in, from disaster. Therefore, now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. It is better for me to die than to live. Lord, you're restoring this, these people, and that's okay, but it's better for me to die than to live. Take my life. And right here, we begin to get some real insight as to who our God really is and what he really is about. Look at what God does here, and, and keep this in mind. God is in the process of seeing this whole city restored. All right, he's in the process of seeing Nineveh restored. And his little runaway bunny Jonah just said, well, if you're going to restore Nineveh, I'm going to turn into a fish and I'm going to swim away. God says, no, that's how I got you to Nineveh. <laughs> little bunny Jonah's like, well, I'm so angry I want to die. You know, in that story about the little bunny, you may have wondered why the mama bunny kept allowing the baby to keep talking like that and about all the places he would rather be than with her. Because as a parent, when your kid says stuff like that, you know, it hurts a little bit. Even though they're just being goofy. Well, I'm going to go turn into a bird and fly away or whatever. It, it still hurts, but she allowed it because the answer is this. She wanted to teach the baby bunny a lesson. The same lesson God wants to teach us. No matter where we go, <clears throat> no matter where we go or what we become or what we try to become, God will always be there for us. You know, that, that baby, that, that bunny's mother loved him. And she wanted him to know that he could never go so far as to get away from her love. So she let it play out. Different scenario, different scenario. And she had a good answer every time. And here is God and Jonah. And God still wants to teach Jonah a lesson. So rather than just smite him, which is what I would have done. All right. I would have been like. Boom! Jonah, I'm God. You're not. What I say goes. You work for me. I don't work for you. That's how the story would read if I wrote it. Okay? But instead, he indulges Jonah in conversation and an object lesson. Look at verse 6 again. And picture this scene playing out in your head. Here's Jonah. He's on the camp. He, he set himself up. And then God appoints a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might give him shade for his head to save him from his discomfort. And Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. He was exceedingly glad about the vine. He was angry. Like I said, 120,000 plus people are getting a second chance in life. But he's happy that a vine gives him some shade. Here comes the lesson, Jonah. But when dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. And he's not saying this because it's hot. And because he's fainted or, or he's at the, the point of faintness, he's saying this, that it's better for him to die than to go on living without the vine. He's angry because the vine was withered and he lost his shade. And God said to him, do you do well to be angry for the plant? He said, yes, I do well to be angry enough to die. And the Lord said, little bunny Jonah, I asked you to share my word with the city of Nineveh. You got in a boat and went the opposite direction. You caused a whole crew of sailors to lose money because they threw away their cargo into the sea and you slept through most of that. You would think the storm itself would have been enough to convince Jonah to maybe head to Nineveh. <laughs> their seasoned sailors are running around screaming that there's no control and they're throwing stuff overboard. And even at that point, Jonah's like, huh, what's going on, guys? I was just taking a nap here in the bottom of the boat. 
And they're like, no, he denied anything up to the end when they confronted him. He's confronted by all these sailors. And as you know, he ends up in Nineveh and he preaches to the city and he's mad at their repentance. Look at what God tells him in verse 10. He says, and the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor. You didn't plant it, Jonah. You didn't water it. You had nothing to do with this plant. It was my gift to you. You didn't make it grow. It came into being in a night and it died in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. The story of Jonah and the city of Nineveh is not just about how far God went to continually save and redirect and restore Jonah. It's also about how far he is willing to go and what he is willing to do to see the city of Nineveh and to see that they had an opportunity to hear about him and repent so that he could restore them. You see, Jonah has laid the groundwork way back then for what we do here today at Huntsville Christian Church. He has shown us that God has a relentless desire for all people to know him and to experience his love. And to experience his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. I'll tell you this. Everything I ever needed to know about evangelism, I learned from Jonah. Think about it. This is good stuff here. It wraps up like this. Even if you don't know where you're going, you need to be prepared to go. God may send you farther than Nineveh. He may only send you across the street. But think about this. Everything you need to know about evangelism comes from Jonah. Be prepared to go. We need to be willing to go. Jonah wasn't willing to go, and we saw how that played out for him. You need to be prepared to speak. Jonah did not want to share that message. You don't have to say a lot. That's the exciting thing I learned from Jonah. His message was eight words. You do not have to say a lot when you are talking about how awesome our God is. You don't have to have a doctorate in theology to go and share Jesus with somebody. Jonah preached an eight-word sermon and thousands changed their lives. Sometimes what we don't say speaks louder than our message. That's why we need to be prepared to serve. Jonah wasn't prepared to serve. He was prepared to hide and do something else. But service is not always about a big event that's planned out. Service sometimes is as simple as seeing a need in your community and meeting that need, whether people know that you did it or not. The last thing we can learn from Jonah and from the Ninevites is there's no place that far that we cannot escape God's love for us or the need that we have for redirection and restoration. Thank you. I don't know what all of you have been dealing with in your lives the last few months, but but I know this. In this room right now, there's a lot of hurt. I know in this room, I know in this community, there are a lot of struggles. I know there are struggles with jobs or lack of jobs and not necessarily understanding why that's your struggle. But I want you to know, God is still good when you're in the storm of life, Jonah. I know there's hurt in this room because of the choices that some of our family members have made. They're making poor life choices and we have to sit back and watch them go through hurt and pain and struggle. I know that personally because my sister's sitting in jail in Florida right now. And it tears me up. I've written letters she won't write back. And it tears me up to know that she is suffering needlessly. And I know I'm not the only person. I know there's hurt in this room because of family members. And I want you to know God is still good during those times of hurt. I know there is a struggle 
In this room, there's struggle with addictions of all kinds, from trying to kick the habit of smoking to, to battling with alcoholism, drugs, internet addictions, anger. I want you to know that God is still good, Jonah, when you are in the belly of a great fish that is your struggle. God can still hear your prayers no matter how muffled you think they are by the sea that is crashing in around you, and He will answer. I know He will answer. Sometimes the reason that we think God isn't listening to us is we actually, we aren't ready to hear the answer. We're too busy trying to get to Tarshish to hear what He'd have to say to us. I know there are struggles with relationships in this room between friends, between couples, between families. And I want you to know that God is still good during this time as well. Everything I read in Scripture tells me our God is a God of restoration. Everything I read in Scripture, not just four chapters of Jonah, shows me that our God will go to great lengths to restore His people. He will go even further to make sure that He gets introduced to people that don't know Him. Jonah's a good example, but God's Word from start to finish tells me there's no place that far that God won't come for us. The question is, How far are you willing to go for him? Because he knows where we are. As we come to our response time this morning, if you're dealing with some of the things that I've talked about today, you are not alone. And you're not that far away. Respond to God's word. Come and repent. Rededicate. What you've done doesn't matter. Where you've been doesn't matter. Where you go or where you can go for the Lord, that's what matters. That's what he's interested in. The elders are here if you'd like to pray for your situation or wisdom on how to move forward with something. The baptistry is ready. We can move the fish. Uh, you can take it home. It doesn't, you know. Uh, maybe it's time to start fresh with submitting your life to Jesus Christ and making him your Lord and Savior. However you respond today, my prayer is that you will respond by walking towards God. Don't respond like Jonah first did and try to walk away from him. Will you stand and sing with us and respond to his word?